Welcome on into the two, three podcast, a low energy episode because it's time to recap Duke, the game that Zach and I both thought that we were going to win. We both felt really good going into it and it ended up being a 55-77 loss. This one hurt, Zach. This one hurt probably more than the other losses this year. Yeah, it really did. All-Stars were aligning. We touched on this before we hit record, but it really felt like everything was was hitting the mark. It was a recipe for a great win. You know, the dome was rocking. Buddy, Cole, Elijah were in the house. Nikki V was on the call. Everything was aligning. It felt like this was the game. It felt like it was going to happen, and obviously the boys kind of fall way short. So this is a brutal loss. This is just a sad episode, Zach. The Duke loss, Cam is late to recording as per usual. It's just low energy, and it kind of goes along with the lowest scoring game in the ACC. Only 55 points. It was Duke's defense. I didn't even touch on it in the preview because I didn't think that it was necessar- it was going to be necessary to touch on, but they were everywhere. They were shooting the lights out of the building. They were great on defense. They look like they were a completely different team than what we had seen previously this year. Yeah, no, they, they really locked us down and they completely took away our inside game. Jesse was limited to only five points. You know, that's coming off of wow. two 18s and a 27 point game in his prior three games. You know, he was rocking and he, he only took three shots too, by the way. He, 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 he was really limited. He really, once again, that physicality was our kryptonite. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty established early that they were going to focus on Jesse. And the way that we've been able to sort of solve that is, well, if they're focused on Jesse, just give it to Malik and then he can just kind of do his thing. He wasn't even really able to do his thing. Nobody was able to do their thing on the inside game. It was so limited and the limited amount of chances that we did have in the paint, we just weren't making anything. It was just a matter of if we could get the, if we could get our shots up or not. And then even then they were focusing on JG3. They came in. They really scouted us. They did a great job of scouting us, not getting the, you know, letting the crowd get to them at all. I don't like saying this, but you got to hand it to Duke because they definitely did their homework coming into this game. Yeah, I mean, you definitely got to, you know, tip your hat to them. They, they came in, they had a game plan, it was obvious, and they were physical and stuck with their game plan, and they played very, very good on defense. And obviously, you know, it's kind of an easy cop-out to be like, yeah, they had really good defense, you know, uh, that's kind of why we couldn't do anything. But, like, you do, you do have to give them credit there because they did play well. Obviously, we weren't doing things well either. We didn't play well. We didn't, you know, have good ball move on offense. We really struggled to do anything. The only, you know, real bright spots were, were, were Judah and Joe who were like just kind of ISOing their way to, to any points they could get to. So they, uh, yeah, they, they kind of, they had the best of us. That's for sure. Chris Bell only got 11 minutes. We really couldn't get anything from that three position. So as Jim said in the presser, we got nothing from the three position. So we tried four guys. It was Chris, Justin, Quadir. You had Benny out there. Benny was the only one of the those four people to get points. And Justin was really limited. He got a couple shots that were blocked. Chris, again, really couldn't get anything going. Quidier, in the limited opportunity that he had, he did play fairly well. But it seemed like Jim was just kind of experimenting with anything out there. The only uh, 
points that we actually got from the bench were Muneer from a free throw and then Benny's four points. So really not a ton of production from our forwards. Yeah, I think this, the physicality was, was too much for, especially like Justin Taylor. He had, he had multiple shots blocked. I think Chris was uncomfortable out there. And I thought he, I think he was also just down on himself. He, he's like very emotional guy, it seems. And he was his, his head was down. And I think there was a point where Jim looked at him and was like, Chris, like, don't put your head down. So obviously you don't like, you don't love to see that, but it's a tough game. It's a tough environment. And I do want to touch on Benny though, because I think he came in and like, he was kind of playing free and obviously he doesn't have like the most tremendous stat line, but you know, 14 minutes, four points, two boards, it's a decent burn compared to, you know, what we've seen in other games recently. And like, he just looked free. He honestly looked like he just didn't have like much to lose. And again, like he has experience. One of his best games last year was against Duke. So he's not afraid of the moment. He's been in moments like this before. And like, you know, obviously he, he wasn't able to develop into a huge game out of this, but given everyone else struggling, like he was confident at least. That is true. I thought that Benny did play a fairly decent game. And, you know, even though Justin Taylor wasn't able to get any points up, he still managed to get four rebounds. So it's not like they were non-existent out there, but it very much seemed like it because the good that we were doing on the boards, we weren't even really doing that good on boards. We only got 25 to their 38, but the limited good things that we did in the game were very overshadowed by what we were not doing. And that was, was getting points. Really the only thing that was actually keeping us in this game were our nine steals and 15 points off of uh, turnovers. Also JG three hit a couple of big shots, but in the end it, it seemed like when we were really close, they just turned it up. They weren't really afraid to just play a couple of their plays and, and get the ball moving and everything. They just played a very, very solid game overall. Yeah, just one more note on the, the nine steals is our, our two offense like really only scored 40 points. This is something Jim touched on in his presser too. Like our, our, our true offense was only scoring like around 40 points. The rest, like you said, came from those steals and points off turnovers. So that's not a good offensive showing at all. We, we couldn't get anything. And it, it was really tough. And it's not like the Dome didn't show up. It was a massive crowd, 31,063, the largest college basketball crowd this year. It always is against Duke. They love to show up against Duke. And Otto's Army broke the record, the largest student section again. Zach, we asked Syracuse to show up, and they did. And I really thought like everything was aligning for a massive moment. And it was just such a big letdown to have that performance for that, that, that large of a crowd. Yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, cause attendance this year has been down historically. It's been down. They're able to, you know, get the hype around this game, even with, you know, Duke being unranked and us playing and Syracuse not playing the best overall this year, you know, no, no teams were ranked. No one's like playing super, super well, but we still, had, you know, the largest crowd of the year and got the dome rocking. And yeah, we just got, we fell short. And, and unfortunately it wasn't even, it wasn't very close. You know, it was, it was quite, it was a blow, blow out the end and you just, it's just tough, tough to swallow this one for sure. 8,471 students were there. You could see it from some of the shots even Dickie V was all crazy about it. He was like, oh, I love I love Syracuse. And they had a couple of uh, videos for, for Dickie V. It was really good to hear him on the mic. I know that you and I were really hyped to be able to hear him. 
Uh, it's going to take a little bit for him to kind of get back to back in the swing of things, considering everything that he's been through. But it was so cool to see Dickie V out there and just to see the love that the crowd has for him. He's he's a big figure in college basketball, and I'm glad that he is appreciated as much as he is. Yeah, I think him on the call and everything he was saying and just seeing him, you know, on pictures being with the student sections, I think that was like the only thing really getting you know, getting us through that game while we're watching down, down the stretch there, yeah. you know, uh, just his energy and just his history as, you know, what he's done is just amazing. And obviously, you know, he's had some really big bright spots in, in, in Q's history, calling some massive games for us. So he's, you know, he, everyone loves Dickie V. It's just a fact. Yeah. He was coming to the defensive of Jim from everything that he had said and how Jim needs to be back coaching the next year and a couple other years if he wants to stick around. One of the two players that he was talking about was Judah Mintz, saying that he was a very big bright spot on the team, that he should stick around for another year, which is a conversation that we will save for the end of the year. But do want to highlight him and JG3 because they were the two shining stars of this team. 18 points from Judah, 21 from JG3. We knew he was going to have a big game, and he absolutely showed up. He showed out. He wanted to for a senior. I, I, I get it. I get it, man, but um, it's a real letdown to have those two big performances almost be washed away, especially JG3 with some of the big shots that he had take that he had taken. But Judah, man, I was thinking that maybe the Duke defense was going to uh, swallow him up, but he just he found ways to score as he has done all year. Yeah, no, these two guys were the only bright spots in our offense. They, you know, they like I said in the beginning, like these guys did everything. They put the team on their back and got to their spots and. Without them, this would have been super, super ugly. And I think I want to give some Joe some extra credit too because he struggled that first half. Duke was on him hard. They, were, they, they played him really well on defense, and he was really struggling to get anything going. But the second half, he was able to break free and you know finish finish the game well and you know lead the team in points. Obviously, it does come up short, but these two guys really did play well offensively. Did I remember correctly that he had the only three of the first half? Is that right? At a point. I think that's that sounds right. I mean, when we only fish, finished the night with, with six, I mean, Judah went two for two from three, which that's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, we went. We ended up going six for 16. We did not shoot very well, but I'm pretty sure Joe had the only three of the first half, and then he came back, had three in the second half. Like I said, a couple of big shots, a couple of big momentum swingers. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do anything with them, but at the same time, it just shows how lethal Joe is, and he loves the big moments, man. He really loves the big crowds when it comes ACC tourney time or when it comes March Madness time. He loves the big moments, and that's always a good factor when you are a scout that's you know looking at these guys. How do they perform in the big moments, and JG3 seems to shine pretty bright. Yeah, I mean, he leads both team in points scored. And, you know, he, he stepped up in a big way in, a, in you know, a big moment on a, a big role. This is his senior senior season, leading the team, leading the charge. And, you know, ultimately you got to give him uh, respect for this one. Obviously, no guy likes to have a good game and lose. So, you know, got to take this one with a grain of salt. But nonetheless, like he, he did, he did put on a show and, and played well. We did get some pretty good news, though, after the Duke game. Williams Patterson, he's a 7-2 center. He committed to Syracuse today. He is the first and only 2023 commit. He's a big guy, Zach, and it kind of leaves us with a bit of a dilemma. We have 
a bunch of centers that are going to be on the roster next year kind of leaves into question where Jesse's going to be. But this guy's an unrated recruit, but it seems like he's a little bit underrated. I think that there's been a lot of talk about him, but not a whole lot of love from people that are sort of ranking recruits. People are pretty excited to have this guy on the roster next year. Yeah, I mean, just this size alone speaks for himself. That's something you can't teach. You know, 7'2 is no joke. That's something that, you know, you don't see every day. So just this size alone is something to be excited about. And from the, the few clips I've seen, you know, scrolling on his Instagram and stuff, you know, he seems pretty athletic. You know, he, he's got, you know, a little bit more to his game than just, you know, dunking the ball and, you know, just kind of being a big guy. So it'll be really interesting to see what he's able to bring to Syracuse. And I, you know, I think Syracuse has done a really good job of developing centers over the years. You know, obviously the prime example this year is Jesse Edwards, you know, what he was when he first joined and what he is, you know, his, his senior season. So, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily saying he's a project, but nonetheless, I think uh, he's an exciting prospect. Right now, we got to focus on the team. We got to focus on moving forward. What do we do? We only have four games left. We're tied for seventh place with Wake. Kind of begs the questions, Zach. Like, do we have to win out? I figure at this point, you, you kind of got to just to keep your name in the hat and keep your name in conversation when it comes to tourney time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we don't have like the biggest opportunities. I mean, I think the biggest opportunity coming up here is Pitt. I mean, Clemson, the story of Clemson, which we'll get into more in our preview, but just wild that they were, you know, top of the ACC just a few weeks ago. Now they're like on the bubble. They're still fourth in the ACC, but you know, have fallen to bubble talk. So it's just a wild scene for the ACC. And yeah, I mean, it does feel like we got to win. I mean, ultimately, I think most would agree this team could win the tourney, the ACC tourney, that is. And this team could also lose the first game. That's kind of like the vibe you can get from this team. And it's a little bit of a bummer that you can say that, but at least you can say that you could potentially see them winning. Yeah, you do bring up a really good point with Pitt. I mean, that should be a quad one game. I don't I don't see a world in which it wouldn't be because it's at Pitt and Pitt has been so good this year, still criminally underrated. The story with Clemson, and again, we will get into this with the preview, but they've had some very rough losses, to say the least, over the past like not even month. It's been like the past two weeks. And then you got Georgia Tech and you got Wake Forest. So those last two are, are fairly decent games, especially Wake Forest is kind of on our level. But Georgia Tech is sort of a must win. It could be a trap game because they're not very good this year. But definitely our biggest opportunity coming up is against Pitt. And if you want to keep your name in the conversation at all, you have to win out. But the most important thing, Zach, is it, it's how well you perform in the ACC tourney. And like you said, we're very hot and cold right now, so we could go just bonkers and win the thing, or we could just lose first round. And you know as well as I do, we don't really do that well in the ACC tourney. Yeah, we, we, we've seen a struggle. And right now, honestly, I think the mindset should be getting the best seed we can for, for, the, for the ACC tournament. Right now, we're projected eight in, in, in the standing, so we'll, we'll face UNC first, and then I believe Virginia will be the next game after that. Oh, so it's a gosh. tough matchup to go into, <laughs> you know. If we get to if we get to seven, then we get a, a two day buy. So that or we get we get a buy at least. So 
we'll we'll see what happens there. I think that's the the mindset right now though is trying to get the best seed possible for for the ACC tournament. Yeah, I don't think that even with winning out, I don't think that you're going to get your conversa- your name in the conversation too much, but I guess we'll we'll have to we'll have to find out. So the next time you're going to hear from us is previewing Clemson. It's going to be a very interesting preview. I highly recommend that you tune into that because Clemson is a very, very odd group to kind of nitpick and kind of go over. So until you hear from us, then we will talk to you soon. Let's go Cuse. <laughs>